Dunstan, good morning. How are you today? Hi, good morning. I'm great, Dan. Well, the first time I met you and we talked extensively, um, you were living somewhere overseas, but I understand now you're domestic. You're living here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in Dubai uh, for three years, and then now I'm in the United States. Yeah. Well, listen, I want, I want everybody to meet you, and I want to tell them just a, a little bit about you as we get started. Um, the way you and I met is through a brand new cryptocurrency, and I want you in just a little bit. I want, I want to get here pretty quickly, but I want to talk about Philcoin and exactly what it is and how it got started and uh, your purposes for being involved in it. But let's go back in your history. You are known worldwide as a cryptocurrency expert. Well, um, I, I'm considered an old guy in the Bitcoin space itself. So I was an early Bitcoin miner. And um, yeah, I guess I've been helping governments around the world, um, helping royal families and so on regarding uh, monetary policies and their regulations in cryptocurrencies. So you have been involved in a lot of different cryptocurrencies. Uh, I have. Where is your focus really right now? We hear so much negative information about Bitcoin, about cryptocurrency. Is um, is is it a a part of our economy, the world economy? Is it something that is sustainable, and will it be around? We're so hard up in the United States. Our economy, our monetary systems are just exploding. We have no confidence in them. Is cryptocurrency someplace that people need to think about going? Well, I, I believe that cryptocurrency is something. Well, the main cryptocurrencies itself, uh, especially Bitcoin and a couple of others that I would state later, um, they would be the ones that will bring financial sovereignty to the people. And uh, I'd like to explain a bit of what I mean by financial sovereignty. Please. Right now, the amount of value that we hold in our asset, in our life itself, are mostly in the banks. Now, however, when we open up the bank account, we signed off every ownership of the funds of the value that we create and put in the banks. So you mean when we deposit money in the bank, technically, we give the authority to do something with our money to the banks? Correct. And and we no longer own the money that we put in the banks. That's horrible. It's crazy, right? <laughs> like, we spend our lives, we spend our time, our lifeblood, and we create value. And that value is given to somebody else, and that takes away our sovereignty. So if we move our uh, economy, our where our money is being kept and held, if we move that to cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency you're maintaining is sovereign. How does that work? Some of them will allow an individual to be sovereign. For example, especially Bitcoin itself. So I'll bring us to 
to the war that just happened uh, recently between Russia and Ukraine. Okay. Yeah, the people in Russia and Ukraine, whether or not it's the aggressor or the victim itself, they were able to survive because of Bitcoin. When the war broke out between the two countries, what happened is the banks didn't work on both sides. The credit cards didn't work on both sides. And the reason why the people, the common layman could survive mainly was because of cryptocurrency, especially Bitcoin. How did that happen? What what was the, the key to Bitcoin uh, making money, transactions available to those people in the war? Yeah, so the people who actually had Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies uh, where the Ukrainians and the Russians, they, they already had it before the war broke out. They were able to transact regardless of whether the financial ecosystem was there to support them, whether or not they had funds in the bank. It doesn't matter. And whether or not the governments were allowing them to transact or that whether or not they were being sanctioned by other countries, regardless of any of these situations and whether or not Bitcoin was illegal or legal, it didn't matter to these people. What mattered to them was it gave them the ability to have wealth sovereignty and they were able to transact. That's incredible. How does that work? Most of the people in the United States hear about cryptocurrency almost exclusively Bitcoin, and they know it's it's virtual um, money, but don't really understand how it can be used and what it prevents from happening, the evils that are out there, how it prevents that. How does so for, everyday American, how do, how, do we, how do we do this? So let's say, for example, I have Bitcoin. All, all I need to do is this. I can send Bitcoin to any wallet around the world and not go through the financial banking system. So you can send it directly to another I can wallet. send it directly to another person. And it yes. doesn't go through the banking system. It doesn't go through the banking system, which means that the banks cannot stop me from transacting any amount of Bitcoin that I choose to transact with any individual on earth. And so what about the governments, can the government stop it? They can't stop it. They have been trying. <laughs> Trust me, for the past 12 <laughs> years, they have been trying to do it, <laughs> including my own government, because uh, I'm a Singaporean. Yeah, they have been asking me, they have been speaking to me about it. I've had like multiple coffee sessions and so on, but they could not stop any of my Bitcoin transactions. Um. Do you feel comfortable telling the people the story about what happened to you when you were in Singapore when the government stepped in and grabbed a bunch of your money that wasn't cryptocurrency? Yeah, so so this was what happened to me in Singapore. Uh, because they knew that I was dealing with cryptocurrencies and they knew that I was in Mt. Gox, um, which was the first uh, Bitcoin exchange. Uh, I had an account there. So what happened was they froze my personal bank account. They 
close the bank account after that caused me a lot of inconvenience. And after that came back and apologized to me and said that, you know, it was a mistake. Uh, and it was a lot of money. You told me the number. I'm not going to tell the people, but it, it was a lot of money. And I'm sure you got a little upset when then you get a call from the bank and saying, hey, you can't access all this money. Mm-hmm. And, and it's whatever happened to me, right, was the same thing that that is happening to people around the world. We have there a- are people who own personal accounts, right? And there are people who own corporate accounts itself, like companies and so on, uh, churches, uh, religious institutes and such, they have problems transferring funds to certain individuals, certain bank accounts, certain countries and so on. And they say that, you know, it's a problem with compliance, KYC, AML. Some of these were sanctioned countries and such. Yeah, but most of these sanctions were not fair to begin with. So now if I'm an average American or a a, a citizen of another country on earth and I want to move my wealth, my, uh, my money from the traditional banking systems and move it somewhere else where it will be safe, how can that happen and how when it moves to cryptocurrency and it's in my wallet, not every vendor, not every company is set up to accept cryptocurrency. How do, how do, how do we make it happen? And how can we make sure that we can still function? Now, uh, I would always say that you keep the amount that you need monthly or maybe plus another month or two in your fiat account, which is your cash or your bank accounts. The rest of them, I would say, convert into Bitcoin and other major cryptocurrencies. And whenever you need to change out into fiat again, uh, there are ways to do it. Like you could go through exchanges, uh, you could work with uh, institutions around the world. And actually, cryptocurrency, especially Bitcoin, is so widely accepted that you could go around and you could exchange it for cash or other currencies itself just directly with people or even goods and services, or even other businesses. In our city right now, there are a couple of automobile dealerships that you can buy a new car using mm-hmm. uh, Bitcoin. And uh, I imagine that is going to continue to grow and get more widely acceptable. And also payment gateways itself are starting to accept it, uh, including Bitcoin, MasterCard, and Visa. Hmm. And you know, we, we started off with with telling an inside joke. Yeah, at first it was us gamers, the coders, the hackers, the programmers that accepted Bitcoin. Then everybody was laughing at us and said that, you know, this is a scam. You'll never, you'll never move forward. Later on, it was small little companies that started accepting Bitcoin. Now, it is countries that are starting to accept Bitcoin. Wow. So it's spreading. It is. How long do you think it will be till everyday currency transactions will be largely, in part, 
using Bitcoin or cryptocurrency, other cryptocurrencies, rather than using fiat dollars? Mm, I believe within the next 10 years, because what we are going through now is the process of a, an economic meltdown currently. We have the destruction of quite a few of the major fiat currencies that have been devalued and quantitative easy. Excessive printing of money is happening right now. All these are going to drive the value down from the currency that people are holding. And if people are smart enough, they will start getting into cryptocurrencies. So your suggestion is to keep in a fiat account, the regular bank accounts we have, maybe a couple of months of operating cash, but open a cryptocurrency account and start keeping the lion's share of your money in cryptocurrency. Yep, definitely. And you mentioned Bitcoin. Are there any other cryptos that we should look at? Mm, Definitely. A couple of the major ones would be Ethereum. Uh, people could also hold in USDT or other major stable coins. So these are a couple of the major ones. Another one that I would recommend them to start holding because it's cheap now would be Philcoin, the one that I'm actually involved in. Well, I want you to segue into the conversation. This is how you and I met through Philcoin a mutual friend, a pastor down in Florida. And oh, by the way, um, you're, you're, you're no longer in Dubai. I think the last time we spoke, you were in Dubai. You're now in Florida. Mm-hmm. I'm not in Florida. A couple of hours later, I'll be flying over Dubai again. <laughs> so are you spending a lot of time flying back and forth or are you getting settled in? Well, I'm getting the family settled in, but mostly I'm doing a lot of traveling. Yeah, because my work is mainly geopolitical, working in different governments. So I consistently need to travel. I got you. So Philcoin, let's move into Philcoin. Philcoin is a cryptocurrency. I'm involved in it with you. Um, But it's not a traditional cryptocurrency. Philcoin, that comes from the word philanthropy. Tell us how this all got started. Well, this all got started because um, God gave, or the Holy Spirit gave a co-founder of Philcoin, or should I say the founder of Philcoin, the idea of Philcoin. Because philanthropy has always been in his heart. He just didn't know how to get people to give as a habit, as a lifestyle. And he has always wanted to do it since uh, he came from a poor family when he was young. And now he's prosperous. He wants to guide people to have a habit and a lifestyle giving. Yeah, because in Malachi, in the Bible, it was the only time in the Bible that God tells his people to test him. So this was the creation of Philcoin. While at the other end of the globe, God gave me the idea that, you know, in the early days, Bitcoin was meant to be the end time transfer of wealth for the body of Christ. 
But you know, what happened was in the early days, the church didn't accept Bitcoin. <laughs> I went around like different churches in Southeast Asia, telling the pastors, telling the churches, you know, buy a bit of Bitcoin. But most of them didn't do it. In fact, almost all of them didn't do it. Yeah, so 12 years, fast forward down the road, we know that God is a God of second chances. And when Jerry came to me about Bitcoin, I felt in the spirit that, you know, this is the second coming. This is the second chance for the body of Christ. So the main focus of why I'm in Philcoin is to make sure that this becomes the monetary policy for the body of Christ. So you explained to me when we met earlier, you went through the process and what you see in your dream as happening for people around the world, especially indigent people, people that are living in small communities like uh, in, in Africa, in other parts of the country, where if there happens to come to be by government edict, like you said was going to happen with fiat currency, the governments are going to take over. Philcoin is structured to be a way for those people to be able to transact without having to worry about government overreach. They'll be able to, with a cell phone and a Philcoin wallet, they'll be able to transact in their villages and their towns without having any financial interruption. Yep, that's the main goal, which is why I say Philcoin is also meant to give financial sovereignty back to the people, to allow them to transact with each other safely and to allow them to be able to carry on running their businesses to transfer value safely. Now you you guys, Jerry Lopez is the founder and the CEO. I've, I've met Jerry, he's a great guy too. Y'all are on the same page and you fit well together. But you did a, a, a sample of how this would work in a foreign country setting mm-hmm. the process up so that this this people they could transact without having a bank without having an atm but using strictly philcoin tell us about that how'd that work yeah so what happened was we did a small uh, example within the african nations and we said that you know within this small group open up your goods and services and start transacting your goods and services using Philcoin. And you no longer need to go through the fiat ecosystem. And why they want to do it is because they already have problems trying to receive funds from out of Africa because the banking system states that they are not safe to transact with. And so how did this process work? So all they needed was the business having its own wallet. It has a treasury, uh, which is a spot between Philcoin and the fiat value that they have. And they allow the people to cash in and cash out within the individual businesses. So let's say, for example, people are buying eggs 
the egg seller would actually have a few coin wallet, would also have a fiat bank account. And when they receive the few coin, they cash out on the exchanges and they change it to fiat with their banks. And how long did this, this sample, how long did it last and how successful was it? Oh, this sample uh, is currently still going on. And interestingly, we have countries right now, I'm not talking about the small ones or even the African ones, that are looking and having discussions to using Filecoin as their country's currency. Wow. Yeah, we have even inked up with the manufacturer of the telcos. Uh, there's a company, there are three companies in the world that create telco tech. And one of these are, became our business partner. And we have just inked out a telco partnership to bring telco services to different countries around the world. So with that, people are given free one month data if they download the Fieldcoin wallet and start buying some Fieldcoin. So, Dunstan, what do you see as far as timing? How long is it going to take before we, we see a, uh, a nation, for instance, the United States, where Fieldcoin becomes a common method to trade goods and services? I think within one year, we would have maybe two or three, whether or not they are big or small nations, but two or three would start transact using Fieldcoin to transact together with their financial ecosystem or separate from it, or even a hybrid model. I know you trade significantly in uh, cryptocurrency. How long have you been actually trading? Uh, 12 years. 12 years. Bit, let me, let yeah, I've been in Bitcoin for 12 years and uh, other cryptocurrencies for around uh, nine years plus. Let me, just, let me just tell you a quick story. I was explaining Philcoin to a friend of mine that is really into cryptocurrency. And I went through the whole explanation of the philanthropic piece of it. For instance, I'll be able to make a donation to a pastor in a village in Africa and do it instantly to his wallet from my iPhone, not going through any bank. And he was blown away by it. And he said, man, what a great idea. I hope it works out. He said, who's involved in it? And I said, Dustin Tao. And he perked up and said, my goodness, he's involved in it? And I said, yeah, he's one of the co-founders and he's actually an officer in the company, and he he instantly said, how do I get involved? You're well known and well thought of around the world uh, as being a cryptocurrency expert. And I wanna tell the folks that are listening in right now, I know for a fact this man is a Christian. His heart is not about money. It's not about accumulating. He's got a lot of money, and he wants to teach people in the world how to become philanthropists and using cryptocurrency, and specifically as Philcoin grows, that's, a, that's going to be an easy way to do it. And Philcoin just so happens to be, if not the, one of the safest 
cryptocurrencies. How, how is that? How can we be certain that we're not going to be robbed? Our wallet won't be attacked. Okay. So, um, I believe that, you know, individual wallets could be attacked because of, uh, different, uh, people's way of handling their own cybersecurity. That is a potential, but that is a small risk compared to them losing access to their funds externally by people that they trusted, which are the banks, the financial institutes, and and so on. Like any day, any one of our businesses, our own personal accounts, our funds can be taken away anytime. Right. So we have created it in such a way where the wallets of Yukon are non-custodial. What that means is you yourself will have full control over the funds in your wallet itself. Nobody can access. We ac- don't have access. Nobody, None of us. Yeah, nobody can access it. Um, not, not even the Fieldcoin executive staff, the founders and so on. Once the Fieldcoin are in your wallet, they're in your custody, they're in your hands. We can't even assess it. I'll give an example of that. Not long after I opened my wallet and uh, invested in it, bought Philcoin and it was put in it. When you open the account, there's a very extensive process and things that you have to fill out. And for security purposes, you are given a list of words. How many, how many words is in that? 12? Yeah, it's a 12 word seat phrase. You need to remember it, write it down somewhere. I would engrave it on a piece of metal, put it in a safe, and not let anybody look at it. Let me tell you what happened to me. I lost my 12 words, and I panicked. So I called Rich Wilkerson down in Florida, who's my friend and close friend of yours, and I said, what can I do? Who can I call to get back into my wallet? And he said, Dan, there's nobody. The company can't even access it. You've got to have those 12 words. Thankfully, I had forgotten that I did put it in a piece of paper locked in my safe. So I was okay. But I guess the reason I'm bringing that up is to let people understand how safe it is compared to bank accounts being hacked. That happens Mm -hmm. every day. Bank accounts being hacked or the banks themselves taking your funds and not giving you back. I'm going to give an example, like in Lebanon and other countries, a person had to rob the bank to take back the money that was their own in their own bank account because they had to take out the money to, to pay for treatment for their parents. That's unbelievable. They, they had money in a bank account, their bank account in the, in the bank and they couldn't access their account. So they had to rob the bank to get their own money. Mm -hmm. Goodness. Well, listen, give us a wrap up. What would you say if any one of our audience members was sitting across the desk from you right now and they asked you, what is the most important thing for me to know about investing in cryptocurrency and what's the difference between Bitcoin as an example, and Philcoin. Okay, I, I would ask 
a couple of major questions. Firstly, are they interested in protecting their own wealth sovereignty? If it's yes, they need most of their value in cryptocurrencies and only a few, not all of them, because most of the cryptocurrencies also do not give people back their financial sovereignty because they are all controlled by companies. They are all institutionalized. So only a couple. That's the first part. Okay. The, the second part would be this. Always use the funds that are not for a rainy day. Because it wouldn't make sense if people push their value into cryptocurrencies, which are highly volatile right now. Uh, and yes, although you, you know all the governments in the world the banks and so on, they say that cryptocurrencies are extremely volatile. The Dow Jones just became more volatile than Bitcoin on my birthday itself. Well, that's supposed just, to be the safe. A couple of days ago. That's supposed to be the <laughs> safest place to keep our money is, you know, in the stock market. Mm-hmm. And it was more volatile than Bitcoin on the 7th of October. That's amazing. Yeah, but you don't see in the news and so on, right? Because there's always an agenda. And they don't like to talk about cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. And whenever they talk about it, it's always propaganda. And they say that cryptocurrencies are bad. Uh, they are volatile. They will crash. Yeah, but the Dow Jones did exactly the same thing. And uh, looking at all the fiat currencies on Earth right now, it's doing exactly the same thing. The pound just dropped below parity to the USD. Wow. What are your thoughts about the U.S. government that is making noises about that the government is going to get in the crypto business at the federal level? Mm -hmm. They would always try to do it. When God gave the first idea of Bitcoin on Earth, um, I would say that is of God because... Anything that's of God requires faith. And in order to believe that Bitcoin has va has value, you require absolute faith, especially in the early days. So I believe that Bitcoin is of the Lord. Now, when the devil tries to take something they, the devil is not a creator. He's always a manipulator and a corrupter. So he copies something of the Lord, tweaks it, and change it to something that's of a corrupted nature, which is what is happening around the world. Governments around the world are going to create this thing called central bank digital currencies, which is a mutated version of what God meant for people. Bitcoin was created and Fucoin was created to give people back their wealth sovereignty. Central bank digital currencies are created to take all transactional sovereignty from the people. And this is what they are going to start on a federal level, regardless of governments. Dunstan. 
Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I know we could spend a lot more time getting into the details. You've given us some great information and even greater advice. Um, I'll probably be reaching out to you again as people that are listening begin to ask questions and have you back on the show later. Will you come back and do that? Oh, definitely. It would be an honor for me. Well, it's an honor that you're here with us today. Thank you, and I'm so glad you're moving the family to Florida. Uh, I know you travel a lot, and it's a long way from Dubai to pretty much anywhere else. It'll be a lot closer for you living in Florida. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a a new change. And, well, this place is awesome, right? So much wildlife. (laughs) (laughs) I have a lake in front of me. (laughs) And green grass. And green grass. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Dunstan Tal, thank you so much, and we'll talk soon. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for listening to Real News, Real Truth. Don't miss a broadcast. Subscribe to Dan Newman's blog. Read his gentle counsel on surviving the madness. Listen to his words of truth, hope, clarity. You found the light. You found TNN.